Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.
right, pour the metal in. Adam Craft off of Future Warriors from 1985. Gotta love Tony Dolan. Very influenced by Kronos and Lemmy on the bass guitar. Forgive me, I muted the microphone for a second. <laughs> Very influenced, I was saying, by Kronos and Lemmy on the bass there. And who knew that he would wind up playing in Venom, you know, years later. Not many years later, only about two or three, but... Now he's got Venom Inc. going on with their brand new record, There's Only Black. We had Mantis on the show from Venom Inc. Uh, about a month or so ago for our anniversary show, and that was a great interview. It was almost two hours long. What a great guy to talk to, and I can't wait. He has a, he has an autobiography coming out. I think next year he said he was going to try to get it released, so when it does come out, I get to read it and go through it. We're going to have him back on the show and talk all about that record. Hey, we got a great one for everybody tonight. Leather Leone is our guest tonight. She has a brand new record out. We'll be talking about all about that in about 25 minutes or so. We'll keep the music flowing between now and then. Here's a little Blitzkrieg, first strike.
Alright, Restless with Metal Chains, and right before that, Thatcher with Speed Demon. Some pretty good music over there. Overkill, brand new record coming out next year in 2023. That means we'll have Blitz back on the show promoting it, and he is always a character to talk to. He's not lost anything over the last 30, almost 40 years, I have to say. Uh, so record number 20 called Scorch will be out sometime next spring. I'm looking forward to that. You know, when it comes to Overkill, I was there from the very beginning with that band. I remember getting the Power and Black demo. I still have my original copy of it in my tape collection up there around 83. Seen the band when they had the old Castle Stage show back in the day. They were just great. But I kind of got out of Overkill. I want to say it was around the Horoscope era in the early 90s, 91. The, you know, the band and the sound started to change. And metal was still kind of, you know, big at that time. Things, grunge didn't take over. And the, the whole scene just didn't die off and change around 91. But it wasn't long after that that it didn't. Overkill kind of changed the sound and style a little bit. They had some good records out in the 90s with some good songs on there. You know, I had Black, WFO. There were quite a few to kill in kind. But I wasn't crazy about them because it didn't cite the classic Overkill that I loved. You know, it wasn't until around, I want to say, um, I don't know, like I guess around when Killbox 13 came out that they started getting the back into a little bit more of that classic sound. And by the time when Metallus came out in 2007, uh, to me, Overkill was back. And they've put out one great record after another since then. I am looking forward to the new one. I cannot wait. Uh, but classic Overkill that never got recorded. Uh, Unleash the Beast Within, which was on the Power and Black demo. There was never like a, a studio recorded version of that. I saw the demo one, like, I mean, a real, like, good sound, professional one. I asked Bobby about that every time I interviewed him. It was like, ah, it came out on another record years later, you know? <laughs> I think it was a live version of the song, not, like, a studio version of it. So, even if they had gotten back to it now and maybe re-recorded that classic song, it still wouldn't sound the same. I have that vibe to it like it did back in the day, but let's get that on right now, and then maybe we'll do some leather right after that, and we'll call her up and get that interview going. So, here's Unleash the Beast Within.
Milosevic. The new leather sounds incredible. It's always been evil off of We Are the Chosen. The album's coming out on Steam. It's actually out now, but it, you know, <laughs> came out about a week ago on Steam Hammer. So we're going to talk to Leather in about two seconds. Let me get her phone number up. And you know what? I did the show on Block Talk Radio. We had like a private uh, phone line. So I was able to call all the guests while one of their songs were playing and talk it privately, get everything set up before they came on. But I can't do that here on Spreaker.com. So I got to call the guests. You know, right after the song is over and get them live. And what happens is they, I forget to tell them they're live and they think we're talking private like we used to. So I got to remind myself. But let's get Leather on the line here. Enough of that chit chat. Hey, here. Leather, this is Mike calling for our interview. How are you? Hello, Mike. How the hell are you? It's been too long, you know? Yeah. How long has it been? Since the last record came out, so about four years ago. Oh, oh, no, so so the last Chastain record, not the leather record. No, the last leather record, I think. Or maybe we did something when V had a solo record out and you were, you were guesting on it. I don't oh, remember, yeah, but it was a couple yeah. of years. Oh, yeah, yeah. How are you? Thanks for calling. Yeah, I met my mom, so I'm not I doing know. too much. But, but sitting around eating, eating I and drinking. I was just watching the Niners. You're back in New York. That's a good thing. Yeah, I miss it here. How's everything with you? Good? I can't complain. I'm talking to you on a Sunday afternoon. So how'd that can life be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to really? tell you, yeah, I, I, I just played a song off the new record before I called you up, and I mean, holy cow. I mean, it's like, you know, as we get a little older, we kind of mellow out and calm down a little bit. You just took this yeah. album up to another level. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean... You know, it's just, I was on a roll for a while down in South America, and, and pre-COVID, everything just fell apart for me, and the team kind of broke up, and I was like, shit, not, not, not this crap again, and yeah, I just, I just got invigorated, and I stayed with Vinny Tex, and yeah, I, I have a lot to say, I just, I decided I had to finally start doing it myself, right? Jeez, Opino, it's been 127 years, <laughs> never, and I never got it right, because I didn't do it myself, so yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm getting crazier. I'm not mellowing out at all. No, you can see that, and you can hear it on this new work. I mean, it just sounds great. And like I said, you and Vinny have been together for a while now, writing and composing together. I think there's a chemistry there, you know? It, you can hear it in the music. Like, you guys got something going on there. Yeah, and, you know, with Chastain, it was different. You know, it, it, he, it was his band, and he took the reins. And I, honestly, I didn't really know that I could be a songwriter. Really, in all honesty, I didn't. I never really had to worry about it, and I loved the way Chastain wrote. I always did. I thought it was really unique. Um, so I was like, okay, and, you know, he would throw me a bone once in a while, and I never thought the songs that I wrote even fit on Chastain Records because he was a songwriter. But, yeah, Vinny, yeah, he's just a melodic master, so it just it really, really works. I mean, I am so blessed to have found him, you know, 6,200 miles away, whatever Brazil is. There's so much talent in Brazil, Mike, I can't tell you. There are just wall-to-wall talented musicians. It's insane down there. All, all of South America, I mean, you know, years ago, if you go back to the 80s, you know, everybody wanted to go over to Europe and break big over there, and Europeans wanted to come over to the U.S. to break big here, but it seems like now South America is like the capital of heavy metal. Everything is going yeah, on it, down it, there. It, 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 it's crazy down there. They're, and I say this in a loving way. They're stuck in the 80s. They love 80s music, 80s movies, 80s fashions. I mean, the girls, come, the girls in the 20s come down and they look just like I did. The belts, the blonde streak, the, the, the spandex, that they know every freaking word. I mean, they're a teenage girl singing Angel of Mercy back to me. Wow. I, mean, I cry. It's like, you weren't even freaking born. They're like, oh, yeah, but my dad turned me on to it. Yeah, it's like Europe. You, you know, Europe is still Europe, but there's some 
old magical voodoo-y witchy kind of thing in South America that is just beautiful they just live and breathe the music absolutely it is and I'm so happy when I see like the younger generation like you know really like getting into the stuff from the 80s and the 70s because I think back when I was a kid in the 70s I I would never want to listen to my parents music back then you know I was looking for the next thing for me but today these kids they just realize I guess how good it really was compared to what's been going on over the last 10 years yeah and doesn't everything just do a big circle anyway right I mean music got so extreme and I'm I'm a huge extreme metal fan but you know it just goes full circle how extreme can one become Slipknot Arch Enemy Lamb of God uh, the names that I can even pronounce of these crazy Norwegian band t- troops of doom. So, you know, it's, it's going to go back into more melody, I think. And I even noticed on a lot of the um, extreme metal bands that the solos are really slowing down and they're following more of a melody. And I mean, it's just a circle, right? And some of us have just never gone away. So it's like, Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, especially with We Are The Chosen, you kind of took a little bit of the extreme, a little bit of the classic, and a little bit of everything in between, and threw it all together, because, you know, it goes from one end to the other, as far as extremes go, and it all works. Well, yeah, and again, the beauty of Vinnie Tex, he, cam- he comes from extreme metal. He did that all, of course, he's so young now, but in his younger days, and he really just decided that he wanted to do freaking melody, and that's what he did for me. He modernized it, and I fought him a lot on it, like, Off With Your Head is my favorite song, and then the intro with the, like, tempo, this double time with the freaking crazy drums. I was like, no, 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 but of course, when we recorded it, so he he has brought in every element of black, extreme, melodic, everything, and I think... You know, he really just helped it work for me. It's still leather, but, it, you know, and it's a little modern. And the one thing that I wanted going into the studio, I was like, look, I freaking love extreme metal. I want Lamb of God freaking drums. I want extreme metal drums. I want it so over the top. And, you know, the Hertz Brothers did that for me. But, yeah, I mean, that's that influences all Vinnie Tex. Um, and he wrote, we wrote this stuff to support my voice. When I met him in 16, he knew nothing about me, which was beautiful. Um <laughs> You know, and since then, I mean, he heard shockwaves, and he was like, wow. So that influence, it's really a blessing to, um, I worked it all out with him. It comes from him. Yeah. Do you think this is the leather sound? Because when you think about it, I mean, you know, three or four bands over your, your, your time in music, dozens of records out. And, you know, I think the, the one from 2018 the two was sort of like the beginning of what leather was, should be or should sound like. Because if you go to Shockwaves, it was more of what was going on at that time in your career in the late 80s, more like in the Chastain vein, a little bit of, like in that. Yeah, album. yeah. But, you know, two, yeah, I think, kind of defined you. Yeah, yeah, it was a Chastain record. I had an opportunity to do it. I got to write melodies and write lyrics. And a lot of that music were, were was pieces of music that Chastain had in his closet. It was a Chastain record that I got to write. That's all it was. And two, I kind of, because <laughs> Vinny and I talk about that all the time, that record was really, really rushed. And, oh, my God, I am not ungrateful at all, but it was put together sloppy, slipshod. There was nothing thought out. Um, didn't have a lot of time, didn't have a lot of money. And this one, you know, I mean, because of the pandemic, we had time. And, you know, that's not that's not easy for me. I am not patient. But finally... Finally, I have a team around me that gets what I want to do. This is the first time I've ever been recorded properly, I think. This is the first time I was ever sat down in a studio and asked for my opinion, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to sound like. I mean, this is like I'm 20 years old. It's this whole brand new world for me, and I agree with you. This is the direction I'm going to go in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Was this record beginning to get worked on like before the pandemic in 2020, or did you get ready to start it at that time? And I said, look what happened. Now we have extra time to put into it to make it what you wanted to make it. 
we actually started, like I said, uh, everything changed for me musically. Um, August of 19, lost a tour, lost a lot of people around me, and I was stuck. Um, like, what am I going to do next? What? So Vinny and I actually started writing in the fall of 19, and then we actually had plans for him to come to the States to write, and then, what, COVID hit in March of 20, right? Yep. So, yeah, we had all this time. And he lives in Brazil. I live here. So it was just iPad work, you know, voice recorder, back and forth, back and forth. And, again, it was really hard for me. Oh, my God, I'm so not patient. Like, But what, what could we do? We couldn't do anything. So we got time to test different stuff out, to put stuff away. I mean, he's so good at being patient. And today I was just talking to him and said, I'm not going to wait another two fucking years to do a record, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame it. I'm glad you did. But, you know, you, you come from a yeah. time where bands were all together. They got into a studio. They recorded their parts. Each member was there to kind of like feed off the other. Now we live in a world where it's digital. Like you said, you send files back and forth, you swap. Was that something that was easy for you to get used to? Or do you still feel uncomfortable doing it that way? Well, you know, you like being in the studio. Well, again, it's really weird. I have never had a, a, ba- a band in the backyard. You know, I move out here, I get in Chastain. He was from back east. Even when I was working with the musicians in L.A., they're in L.A., I'm in San Francisco. But this, it was, so I've always done stuff online. But, again, I went to a studio to record it. I haven't been in a studio probably since Ruler of the Wasteland. So that was just freaking amazing. I was in a real recording studio for a month. I got to record a freaking song a day. So for me, I went backwards. And, in, in, uh, in, you know, the, the uh, stuff online doesn't bother me. It really actually really helps me to hear what I'm doing and how to correct it. So I really, really liked recording stuff over and being able to listen to it and really critique it. Um, I found out a lot about my vocals that I really needed to rein it back a lot. I used to do all this stuff that I thought sounded so good. Not so much. So, no, it didn't bother me at all because the end was going to hurt studios in Poland. Yeah. Uh, do you think you're your own worst critic? Oh, God, probably. Probably. But I think every artist is, right? I mean, I can't listen to any of my old records. I can sometimes listen to Shockwaves and bits of We Bleed Metal. No, I'm extremely insecure about it. Um, and especially doing these interviews, some people ask you know, these really deep questions. Mike, I'm not that deep of an artist. I just sing. <laughs> I, I, you know, oh, what was your thought process? How do you? There is no thought process. My thought process is I hear a freaking guitar and it comes out of me. It's primal. It just comes out of me. Um, yes, I think that I am. And Vinny's been really good about that too. I really, really have to work on that because a friend of mine just said, "On your worst day, you're better than all of us." Yeah. Um, yeah. I am. I was actually listening to We Are the Chosen today, and I was I couldn't do it. I'm like, oh shit, I should have done it this way. Yeah, I am for sure. But you know, so, so many musicians like I'll talk to them, and they'll bring up an album they did maybe in the '80s or the '90s. Like, oh, I, you know, I cringe when I hear that. I just I can't listen yeah. to that record. But don't you have to kind of take yourself back to that time and that place where you were? Because anybody can Monday, Monday morning quarterback twenty years later say, oh, I should have did this. But you have to live for the moment yeah. that it was in, and they, I think everything you yeah. did kind of fit for the time you were doing it. Yeah, that's true too. And I actually did listen to the remaster of. Uh, Mystery of Illusion or Ruler the other day, something, and I was like, motherfucker, I could sing like a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, besides the fact that I sounded like a 12-year-old girl. Um, yeah, you know, I just know that I can always get better, and I need to really work on that. We need to be grateful, and like you said, in the moment, and I need to realize what I have accomplished, but I, I kind of don't. You know, I kind of don't. I'm still working on it. <laughs> 
I hear you. Well, you know, I think it was the 89-90 Shockwaves comes out. I think the last Chastain record with you won, it came out about a year later, right right around the same time. And I know from yeah. talking to you in the past that you got involved with animals after that, and that kept you busy for the next, you know, two decades, and that was something that you would love doing. It was when, you know, that when you and Sandy Sledge got back together to put out that record, that was the first time I heard you again. And from there, everything kind of snowballed. I mean, new, new Chastain records and your solo record again. And it just seems like everything exploded about 13 years ago with you on the music front. Yes, it, it did. And I can remember talking to Chastain about that going, wow, if I would have known that there was any interest in me, I would have continued after For Those Who Dare. But again, he said it probably couldn't have happened then. Um yeah, and you know, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm such a lucky person. I've never broke really big, but I've always had enough interest, you know, to where I could make music. Oh my God, what a privilege and a blessing. Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, and this is like the biggest thing. I mean, I've never been on a major label. You know that. Never. I think for those who dared, did was on Road Racer, which is now Road Runner. But um, yeah, I mean, I finally found somebody who believes in me. I mean, I couldn't believe that FBB Steamhammer was like, yeah, come here, come here, come here. So, I mean, this is a really, really big deal for me, and I want to tell everybody who's so young and out there doing this, and so, oh, my God, just keep everything open. You never know what point in your life stuff is going to happen. But, I mean, being on a label is huge. It's totally huge. This is a huge snowball effect, and I got my jacket on, and I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Absolutely, especially in this day and age. But did you really think that people forgot about you when you stopped performing live and recording? Well, yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. And I know you said we should go back to that time. The 80s, I can remember thinking, oh, my God, there's so many bands. But I keep forgetting, and you know the gender issue totally pisses me off. But I have to remember back then, it was strange. You know, so I was the ha- one of the handful of females that was out kicking freaking ass, touring the country, getting played on the radios, doing metal music. So, so I, I forget that that people remember that, you know. I mean, some people don't even really know, and then they go, oh, yeah, that Chastain chick. So, yeah, sometimes I have to go back to it, because to me it never, it didn't, oh, my God, I'm a girl singing metal. It never hit me that way. I just wanted to do the best I could. I wanted to just hang out with the big boys, you know. That's all I wanted to do. And I find it funny, too, because, you know, being a metalhead going back to, like, the 70s with Kiss when they first came out and, and being there at the beginning of the scene in the 80s, I never looked at any band that had a female in the band, whether they were the singer or a guitar player, and I said, oh, that's a female fronted band, or that's, on oh, a band's got a female. I never felt like that. I never looked like that. I never thought like that. It, to me, it was a band. Good. It was Chastain. It was... Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. never I never saw gender or anything like that. To me, it was just good metal, good rock. I never... Yeah. I never that, looked at I, it that way. great to hear. That's great to hear. I never, and even now, and again, again, I'm so grateful, but oh, it's oh, the female fronted and the female power and blah, blah, blah. And I also find it very interesting this. I have no problem. Everybody knows I'm 63. I have no freaking problem because I'll still out sing you and outrun you, motherfucker. But my thing is, why <laughs> is that an issue? Why is it in all these interviews? Did they, are they saying that to Dixon? It's 64-year-old Bruce Dickinson, but what, what is the issue, you know? Because I'm supposed to be dead and buried, but anyway. Uh, it, it, <laughs> no, but you're right. It, it shouldn't be, and it should never have been like that even back in the day. You know, like I had Lee Aaron on a few uh, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about that, and she was like, you know, she had a lot of regrets about the way she was treating things that went on back then. I'm like, I don't see it like that because I was just a fan of Lee Aaron, the the artist. I never yeah. saw, you know, when you hear these stories, yeah. you shake your head sometimes like, wow, I mean, I can't believe that, yeah. you know, yeah. they went through I that. Her, I, I meant to congratulate her on her new record. We kind of go sometimes deal with each other on social media. God bless her. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of bad stories. I personally, I, mean, I was too egotistical back then. You couldn't, you couldn't fucking touch me. 
you couldn't say anything. You couldn't throw anything at me. I was just like, I can sing you under the table, motherfucker. So I never had that. But then again, they were a lot bigger than me. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame. I, I'm hoping that it's better now. I'm sure it is because these freaking chicks, um, the Lisa, the girl from Ginger, yeah. Courtney from Spirit Box, don't fuck with them, man. They're insane. They're insane. Lizzie Hale, nobody yeah. can touch them. Absolutely. So, some, yeah, of the biggest, some of the biggest metal bands today all have all females in them. Or not all, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole different world now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah. how it's come yeah. around. It really, it's really wonderful. I was glad to be part of the beginning, you know. Well, did you feel like you had any protection from the, the members of Chastain in the 80s, like where they didn't look upon it that way, they always had your back, or was it just like a free for oh, no, oh, no, no, they obviously did, they obviously did, and I think I kind of talked to Chastain about it a lot now, because I'm like, I don't know what people are talking about, but I know, I know that he protected me against a lot of it, I know there were some tours that we didn't get, but I never thought like, oh my God, it's because I, what I have in between my legs, I just said we weren't what they wanted, we weren't good enough at that time, no, he was... He was amazing. He was amazing. Because he knew. I, I used to love to help the crew, you know, back in the day when I had a crew. And I would carry in the guitars, and people would go, oh, wow, check out the chick, the chick roadie. And then I'd go, here, <laughs> hold on for my sound check. Let me show you a chick roadie. So, no, I don't. They always had my back. Absolutely. 100%. That was great. When, when Chastain did decide to reunite with you and, and you put out the new records, was it just like getting back together again? Was it was like we had to sit down and iron out things that happened 20 years before that? It was just like, hey, we're here now. Let's go. No. It was, it was like, hey, dude, what's up? Same old shit, different day. Yeah. I drive him crazy because I'm so loud and so messy. And, and I, I record I record and I use sunflower seeds and spit the shit out all over the screen. Um, no. It was like it never stopped. We we just have this kind of weird relationship. Um, it was great, but the first conversation we had, I go to Georgia. We sit down in his living room, and he looked right at me, and he goes, we're going to make this record, possibly another record. I'm not going to tour. Never going to tour again. Don't bother me. Don't ask me about it. And, of course, I figured I would change his mind. So when I hooked up with the people in Brazil, he was so happy. He was like, great, now you finally start bugging me. But, no, we, we, no, we never... And it was weird. I don't really even know what happened after For Those Who Dare. It's not like we had a meeting or had any horrible experience. I can just remember going home and just thinking, I'm just going to look for something else to do. It wasn't a big major thing. I guess we were just burnt, and I wanted to go bigger. I wanted to you know, start getting booking agents to do arenas, and he didn't want to do it. So, no, it was great. It was great. And doing a Chastain record will never hurt me and I know he did it for me I know he did it to help me get out there he's always been behind me in that way he'll do anything to help me out except tour <laughs> yeah well, a lot of artists aren't, just don't like doing the touring anymore I guess the older they get the harder it becomes being out on the road and doing yeah. that but other artists they don't yeah. want to be home they want to be out all the time so he's just one of those yeah. guys and I and get it, that yeah it's not easy it's, I don't want to say it's hard but it's not easy but it's never been easy for me it's always the soberest time of my life because I love to drink I have to exercise, I have to sleep. It's hard freaking work. It's not a party, but there's just something about it to me that is so gratifying. I love living out of a suitcase. I love having to do a show and having to do a meet and greet and then packing and leaving 20 minutes. I, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, a lot of people don't. True. You know, it's not like I'm touring like Iron Maiden. I don't have my own bus and my own jet. So, yeah, it's not really that comfortable. <laughs> no, I get that completely. Well, you know, being that with two New Yorkers, I know you've really been out in California most of your adult life and everything. But here in New York, especially in the, in the early 80s to like the mid 80s, 
you know, we had a great scene here in the city with Lamar, the Rock Club, and a lot of other big clubs. Oh, but, I miss Lamar. Yeah, yes. but there was a great scene, like in Cortland, because that's where Dio came from, Manowar, the Rods, yeah. a lot of those bands. I know yeah. you're not far from there up in Rochester back in the day, but did you decide, hey, if I'm going to make this and make it happen, I have to go to California? That's like where it's really happening. No, that's... no, and I know, I, well, I always have the thing about the, that I'm Ronnie's daughter because he was, he was around here because I'm adopted, and he was around here when he was in his late teens, and I was like, God damn, was he, is he my father, and he never knew about me? <laughs> anyway, no, no, what happened, what happened was that um, I went to college, and I say that very loosely, outside of New York City, and I was singing cover bands, and I was just getting high, man, I was just getting high going, what the frick am I, I, I didn't know what to do, and I had a friend that was out in California, and she said, just come out and see me. I, and I just I just went out there with like, oh, my God, like $127 in my pocket. She had a uh, boarding house that I was staying in. And back then, I don't know if you remember, but when people wanted band members, they used to put uh, things on telephone poles, remember? Yeah. Drummer wanted, singer wanted. Yep. And someone knew that I sang. And a friend of Patty's, her name was, brought in this thing. And it was a thing for Rude Girl to, to go sing for them. And I just went and auditioned and got the gig. And I never left. No, it was never anything like that. I just hooked up with people right away. And it was just the beginning of the metal scene. I mean, it was Metallica and Testament, and nobody was signed yet. And it was just crazy, and it was so energetic. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and there were, there were places to play every weekend, and you actually got paid. It was just something that I became addicted to. I was just, it was just part of a family then. You know, it wasn't a competition like now. Everybody had everybody's back. It was, no, it was not the plan. And then I met Mike Varney. It just happened for me here, and there was no reason to go back to New York. Yeah, well, Mike Varney, you know, hooked you up with Chastain. That's how that'll happen. But when you go out to California, like I said, you're young. You got a few dollars in your pocket. The scene is starting to explode. You hook up with Woo Girl. Do you think to yourself, hey, this is it. This is good. We're, you know, we're going to be the next Iron Maiden. We're going to be the next Black Sabbath. Do you have to go into it with that mentality, not knowing what's going to happen like a month later or even a year later? That's a really good question. I don't know if I ever thought about it. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do and the opportunities were there. Oh, be in a band. Oh, sing. Okay. And then the label started following us. You know, I don't really know, again, that I really thought too much. It's just like, oh, okay. You want to sign us? Oh, okay. Because it just happened in slow progression and I guess I just thought it was supposed to happen. No, I never was like, oh my God, I'm going to play Coliseums with Ronnie Dio. No, I never really thought that. And I probably should have because it's all positive thinking. But I was just so surrounded by it all that I guess I just felt like I, I fit into it all, you know. But no, I never sat around going, I'm going to be the next big thing. I just wanted to freaking play. I just wanted to sing. I always just wanted to sing, and I wanted to get better and better and better. And then I was a late bloomer to Dio in Sabbath, and when I heard Dio, it was over with. I said to my drummer, this is what I want to do. And then I just started working on my voice big time, like in 82, 83. Were you, were you always comfortable from the beginning being up on stage or fronting the band? Um, not really. I used to do the, um, was it Jim Morrison that used to sing with his back toward everybody? Yeah. When, I, when, I was in, when I was in college, I did it. But I think by the time I got to California, I, I did have more of an attitude. In college, I didn't. I was terrified. I couldn't sing. I didn't know what I was doing, singing Hart and Benatar and James Gang. I would put my back to people until I got drunk. But no, by the time I went out, I was, I, I was there. I was cool. I was pretty full of myself. And with Rude Girl, I was right out in front. And, you know, we used to open for the, the big boys, so I got spit on and drinks thrown at me. So I, it was great. I loved it. I learned really, really fast how to stand up for myself, especially the Megadeth show in California. Oh, my God. 
I had like shoes thrown at me. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. You know, I was happy when, you know, I guess like if we could say it's sort of a comeback when the Sledge of Leather record came out, but you weren't very fond of that record, I guess, later on. No. Oh, my God. That was so terrible. I listened to it now and again. We were all by ourselves. We just went in and out of studios. And again, I was letting somebody else take the reins and we produced it like hanging out in a bed. No. Um, cool ideas. I think Taste of Night was a great song. Yeah, I, I just think it was. It was certainly put me back out there, but I don't think it was a very good record. But I'm, you know, again, so grateful I got to work with Scott Warren and Jimmy Bain before we lost him. I got involved excuse me, and the whole Dio family, and I would rehearse it where he would rehearse. So it was a real mind blower for me because it's the only reason I came back was when we lost him. I mean, I, they kicked me in the ass going, what are you doing? Um, so it was a really good experience, and again, it started getting my voice back in shape. But, yeah, I don't think it's a very good record. It was an experiment. <laughs> did, did you ever get together to say, hey, let's you know do another one, let's try to put more into it this time around? I thought it was a no. good record. A lot of instrumentals on no, there. Did but, you, you know. thank, thank you very much. But, no, um, there's a reason why Sludge and I don't work together, and it just resurfaced. Yeah, no, 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 I have no desire. That's why I called it a project. I knew that's all it was. Well, I, I always said from the beginning, it should be called Leather Sludge. Well, you know what? We did that. We did that because I'm totally into Camaros, and there was a Camaro SLP. This uh, is really outrageously expensive Camaro SLP, and I'm like, sledge leather, that's it, sledge other project. Yeah, it was from a car. Oh, God. Do you, do you like you were saying before, because you didn't, you know, you didn't, like, open up your mouth, you didn't say something, you didn't take charge, and wasn't you? Do you think that, is that probably one of your biggest regrets, that you weren't more outspoken about how you want your music to go? I wouldn't call it a regret. I just didn't know better. I wouldn't call it a regret because I don't regret stuff. I think it's stupid, and I have learned. I'm still here, and I've learned. No, I don't regret it. I think maybe I was observing it. I don't know if I knew enough. You know, I mean, I'm kind of like, again, I say, I'm just not that deep. I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band, and it just kind of resurfaced with me with Brazil going, you know what, I can do this. People are coming to see me because after Chastain, I got a lot of feedback. And sometimes I still do that people aren't interested in me without Chastain. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, they are. I can do it. So I'm just a slow learner. Yeah, I'm just a slow learner. <laughs> well, well I, I think, you know, some people say, I can't believe that she's been in the business for so many years. But, you know, they don't realize, like you said, you're not about the business. You're about the music part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, after the Chastain thing, when there were still a lot of record labels, um, again, I was blessed enough that people would have meetings with me. And it sounds like such a cop-out now when I talk about it. But I was like, wow, nobody was interested in Leather Leone as leather. They wanted me to be more sexual or more pop. And I was like, wow, are you kidding me? All these records and this is what you're saying to me? So I, I know I, I don't want to be famous. I, I could care less. Um, and then, um, yeah, yeah, it's still a shock to me when I think about it. And then I was like, okay. So then, I, I, you know, that's when music started getting a little more aggressive. So I'd reach out to all these San Francisco bands, like Exodus-type bands, and they would just fucking laugh at me. And I was like, wow, really? All this time, and this is the feedback that I get? So it was okay. I mean, it was just, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and again, I wasn't going to compromise. So, yeah, I just walked away. I was so proud of what I had done. You know, but yeah, it, it was bizarre. I had, a, I had a, um, one uh, record company say to me, which I don't think they exist anymore, but because women obviously have these horrible stories, and I don't, but I had one label say to me, you are an amazing singer, but this is the problem. When guys walk into a club, they look at you and they're like, wow, what a great singer, but they don't want to fuck you, so that's a problem. 
And I was like, wow. Oh, 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 okay. Well, uh, good luck. I'll see you later. Do you believe that? I'm like, I'm sure if I got on my knees and sucked your dick, you'd fuck me right now, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy crazy stuff. But that's that's the business. That's the way it was back then. I mean, there's a lot of people out there today like that, too, which is a shame. But that's just, you know, it's a crazy music business. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hey, and, and you know what? Power to people. And, you know, I used to know Sebastian Bach back in the day, and he got the same stuff. He was so good looking. It was the same thing. His shirt always had to be off. He had to stay in shape. He had to blow dry his hair. I mean, it was the same thing. But I was like, wow, you really, you don't want to fuck me? Yeah, anyway. So. <laughs> no, but it's true. You know, you got to remember, when I, before, before MTV came out, nobody even knew what half the artists even looked like unless you saw them live. Or there was a picture on the back of the That's album. That's right. Cover. That's right. When, and then when, you had to be camera yeah. ready, right? When yeah, video yeah. took over, you know, millions of dollars we spent on videos. Everybody had to look gorgeous. Everybody had to have their hair yeah. done. And costumes. It was a yeah. different world. It was a visual world. And, you know, and it, it's, kind of, it's kind of still like that. I mean, with all these filters and everything. And I'm like, you know, I, I can't. I can't. I have so many friends put these filters. It's so fake. I'm like, I'm, I am 63. This is how I look. Put some sun in my face and let it go. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not that interested in it, and I know that I hurt my career. I don't care what the fuck I look like. It's not important to me. I can sing. I, it's just not important to me. Yeah, your voice does sound great on this new record. The production is top-notch. And, you know, that's what's important. Cause I understand what you're saying. You weren't happy about the production on a lot of records. The sound wasn't there, but I think you have it on this one, and I don't know if this is going to continue yeah. with you because it just, I think you finally hit your stride of what you were looking to accomplish. Yeah, well, I finally got a team. I have a studio. I have a, Mar- Marcelo Vasco, who does all the extreme metal records, is now my graphic artist. Um, I have SPD. I have Vinny. I have the guy that did my video. I have the guy that does the orchestration. I mean, I really have a freaking team now that get me, and they're there for me, and are willing to work. So, yeah, hey, it took me a few years, but I found it. I freaking found it, dude, finally. I'm glad. You know, when you put the music business behind you in the early 90s, and then when you came back, you know, all those years later, I mean, did you kind of keep up on what was going on? Because it was so many, I mean, that was like the collapse of metal for a while. The music industry just changed. Major labels weren't around anymore. There was no money to be made. Not like there was in the beginning anyway, but things changed. I did did not. I didn't listen to the radio. I, I did. I did nothing. I think I saw Dio. Maybe I went to see Dio a couple times just to say hello. I did nothing. So when I finally kind of came back and what I got in my first phone and my first computer, like in 2010, I couldn't believe all this shit that I saw about, like, where's Leather Leone and all that. I paid no attention. I did nothing. But I can tell you that I did really like grunge. I loved Nirvana. I loved um, Eddie Vedder. But I guess it was pretty bad, huh? Yeah, I didn't. And a lot of people said, oh, is that why you went away? No, that's not why I went away. There was just nothing for me to do, really. Yeah, we know that, you know, but like I'm saying, when you come back now, it's like, it's a whole different business now. You got to kind of catch up or you say, wow, what happened? You know, when I left, we were doing things this way. Now it's like this, you know? (laughs) Well, I think, I think as you say that, I think I finally, I mean, I think I kind of got it when we were playing clubs, Lemoris for one. I mean, we used to pack the places and things were not really, I thought that they would grow after For Those Who Dare. And they weren't really growing. Um, you know, people were going to spend $35 a ticket to go see Metallica on that 20 to see me. So I think maybe I saw the writing on the wall that way. Um, and the hair bands were kind of disappearing. But but again, I you know, I, I'm always in my own little world. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go uh, join a thrash band. That's what I thought, you know. <laughs> and then I met Don from Detente, and I was like, I'm just going to join a band like you, you know. <laughs> You know, they tant, you know, they got back together some years ago. I, I think you were still kind of out of the scene at that time, but you, you would with have been Anne, a perfect. With Anne Boylan? 
no, um, detente, because uh, Dawn passed away. But didn't didn't Anne, didn't Anne Boyleen sing for them? And then there was another girl, right? Uh, Anne Boyleen yeah. sang with. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the girl. She put out one of the records, like the second record, the only other record they put out. Yeah. Like, when you I say just, that now, I just actually like, saw her. You would have been a great found, fit. Found out about her. You would have been a great so? fit. I absolutely. Dawn, if, if they're hearing Dawn this record, was such a beast. She Dawn was, was, but she's not here no more. Freaking beast! I know. Oh my god. She was, oh, my God, she was just so freaking primal and, oh, my God, fear of God. Anyway, that's interesting because I never even thought about them. When did she leave us? Did Don pass away in the early 90s? I think so, yeah. It's been a long time. Because yeah. I know Anne Boyleen sang for a while and then, that like, that other girl. But, yeah, like I said, I, I didn't even think about it. And, again, people were – it was so bizarre to me, Mike, because I thought I was freaking amazing, you know. I'm going, hey, I'm looking for something to do. And people are like, yeah, good luck. Oh, <laughs> Good luck. We wish you the best of the luck. But come on, that's the way it is. It's not, oh, woe is me. Come on, that, that's the way the business is. People come, people go. You can't believe the hype. You can't believe the negativity. It's day by day, and it's luck. Then he gets upset when I think when I say it's the luck of the draw. Dude, it's the luck of the draw. It right is. time, right place. Yep. It's not all about It's not about talent. You know how many freaking talented people I see in Brazil? It, it doesn't matter. It's not about talent. Half the pop songs on the radio, they can't sing. It's not about talent. And I met Grace Slick when I first moved to California, and she said to me, oh, my God, Leather, you would have been perfect in the 70s, because in the 70s, they would have taken you like they took me, they would have prepped you, they would have given you a band, everything would have been taken care of. Now you have to be your own manager, you have to, she goes, it's just different now. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, even going into the eighties, there were A and R people's whole job was to get you prior. It was like being on a ball. It was like being on a baseball team. There was a farm, a farm yeah. team, and they 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 got you going there to come to the majors. And they don't have that no more. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. They gone. Don't. Yeah, you're just out doing it. But but it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. You know, when I talked to people, I realized, and it was probably good. And then honestly, people were like, oh my god, your voice, your voice. I mean, I have to be honest, Mike. I gave my voice a rest for twenty seven years. I wasn't singing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, the but people being, go, being a so singer. and so can't sing anymore. So and so can't sing anymore. Yeah, they've been brutalizing their voice. I was doing nothing. I was singing in the shower. So, I have to really be fair about that. And um, my voice really has dropped. Mike Verney obviously says that my balls have finally dropped. <laughs> I always wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to sing in these keys when I was younger, but I couldn't. Hence the standard tuning that we always did. So yeah, I just I'm so happy with you know the, where my voice is right now. It's just it's kind of down and dirty and just I'm, I'm really happy with it. It, it being a singer has got to be the hardest thing in, in music because you know a guitar player unless you got arthritis in your hand or you break your arm you can keep going drummers are really physical you know I get that you know like look at Nico yeah. from my maiden 70 something years old he's still bashing the crap out of the drums but being I a singer know. it's your God. voice you know you got to maintain your voice yeah. that's hard because it changes as we get older you know you can't help it yeah and, and, and it is it, it, it is hard I mean I um I have to sleep. Oh, my God, and it's so hard for me to sleep. I mean, we'd be in Brazil, and sometimes I would just have to literally get my own room to just be away from it and just crash for two hours. I just had to do it. But, you know, again, blessed. I'm so blessed. You know, the gods gave me this thing, and, um, yeah, it, it, it's all good. Yeah, I'm so, I'm, glad. I'm so glad you like the record. I'm so oh, happy it. with this record. I love it. And you have to think, you know, when you become a singer for the first time and you're out there fronting bands, I, I, I look at Joe Elliott, you know, from Def Leppard. I mean, he sang yeah. in a range that was way above what he could carry on for the rest of his life early on. And, and yeah. as he got older, he couldn't yeah. do it no more. It didn't sound right. But, you know, when you're 20 years old, you're like, all right, I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do when I'm 30, when I'm yeah. 40, if you're going to make it. So you is know, that something you're conscious I, about? Well, yeah, I actually just read an 
article about Annie Wilson, and that's what she said. She goes, she said, you know, we were smart. She goes, I knew I was going to do this a long time, so I obviously sing in keys are really comfortable for me. And Chester Bennington, who we've lost in the past few years, yeah. I read an article about him, too, and he said, we get into the studio, we think we're fucking hot shit, and then I'm like, damn, i got to redo that live for a year. So, <laughs> But, you know, I learned, I, I learned a lot of that from Ronnie. Ronnie taught me a lot of cool ways to dodge stuff. Um, so I got kind of really good at that. And, you know, a, a Black Knight is a little difficult for me to sing, but, but I can still do it. But, yeah, of course, you have to be – and you have to, you have to respect that. You can't try to do what you can't do anymore. And that's what I say to people, too. You know, I can't go out and sing freaking Ruler of the Wasteland every night anymore. I can't do it. So you don't do it. You compromise. You drop keys. You – you know, people need to be realistic about that. They need to be honest with other people. Your voice changes. Yeah, I never used to talk. Now I'm like this. I used to be like this. So you know, it's there's a hundred artists out there. No, there's a hundred artists that should listen to what you just said because they're all out there using backing tracks to make up for the voice. I'm like, listen, I want to hear you sing the way you sound now. I mean, I'm, I don't care how you sound when yeah. you were twenty-two. I want to hear you, you know, now. I just read an inter, uh, uh, article that somebody did about me, and that's what the guy said, and I really appreciate it. He goes, you know, Leather is nothing, her voice is nothing as big or whatever as it was back then, but she went into the studio, and she didn't cover it up. She does what she can do. And I'm like, yeah, you sound worse trying to do crap. I mean, a lot of people probably doing that, right? I don't know, backing tracks. And a lot of I know them. a few of them. Never mind. You know, uh, Wasp is out on tour right now with Blackie Lawless, and he's yeah. not even not even backing tracks. He's using like front and tracks. <laughs> His whole voice is, is been recorded. I yeah, wonder, I was wondering how he was, I was wondering how he was doing because it's a pretty hard, uh, a long tour, and I, I had to miss him. I came out to see my mom the night he played San Francisco. But well, I know a lot of people that do that, and I've always wondered what happens when it starts skipping or something. <laughs> a lot of times he's walking away from the mic, and you know he forgets that you know there's a there's a line coming up. <laughs> he forgets to get back there in time. And I, I get you, you know, know, and I get what he says with the back of vocals. Wasp has a lot of harmonies and a lot of layers over yeah, you know, when he sings. Yeah, so I, I yeah. get that, but the primary vocal should be live, as good as it can be, or as best as you can do it. I know. I, I had a show in a. Was it Italy or somewhere? I was tired. I had a cold, and for some reason, I was totally blown out. And literally, I was up there going, I mean, and it was great. I was, everyone was singing it with me. I'm like, I'm not going to use any freaking backing tracks. And unfortunately, I'm not big enough to be able to cancel a show. I got to be there. I got to do it. So, yeah, but it is, it's very hard. It's very hard. And um, I prefer to, you know, I'll be, never try to sing three nights in a row. But yeah, it is what it is. I'm just so thankful, like I said, that anybody gives a shit. Oh, that I, I work really hard at it. People do. And, and you know you made it when you can go by only one name. There's Dio, there's Leather. <laughs> when you only true? have to use one name, you know you made it. That, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's great. And you know it's so funny about that, that I work with animals and I'm total vegan. And they're like, where did Leather come from? <laughs> you know, like they, like they think it's this big sexual dominatrix story. And I'm like, no, I just used to wear a bunch of leather in New York and I never had a bike. So it was a joke. They called me Kathy Leather. And yeah. then when I moved to California, the press just picked up leather when they started writing about me. It's very unexciting. <laughs> no. Well, with the new record officially out now, I mean, the year is almost over, but are there plans now to try to put some tours together or get out there and do some live oh, shows? That's, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing every day. That's the priority now. Um, I'm reaching out to, Jesus, hundreds. SPV is helping me. But, you know, it, it's, such a, um, it's such a backlog because they're trying to make up for you know all the money that I was know. lost, the insurance and everything from the from 2020. That you know bands like myself were kind of put um, on the back burner. But it, yeah, it, it's going to come. I mean, I'm talking to a lot of people. That's all I want to do. I just want to tour. 
I don't blame you. But I, everybody kind of knew, like, when this thing finally did break a little bit, that you were going to have hundreds of albums being released because artists were holding on to them to think they were gotten tour. Tours are going to cut. Like, a few weeks ago in New York, we had Accept, Raven, uh, Venom. We had, like, nine of the, like, the bigger bands all playing within 10 days of each other. And it was like, holy cow, where do you yeah. go? Because, you know, everybody's trying to get out there and yeah. make up for lost time. It's, you know. And I thought, and I've been, been talking to some booking agents, and I thought that was going to be their dream. And they said, well, now what's happening is now there's too many shows, and people don't have that kind of money because of COVID. She's like, yeah. so now that's why people are afraid to book. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, I thought, oh, God, it's great. Everybody can go. And they're like, yeah, there's no money. There's no money for people to go. They're going to pick one show out of seven. So who wants to book who, you know? That's the whole okay. thing. Yeah, it's it's tough it, right it's now. Okay. A lot of clubs didn't survive it, well, it, the last two years. It's always been tough. It's 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 always been tough. It doesn't matter. I'm good enough. I'm worthy. I deserve it. It's going to happen. It, it, it'll come. To, it, it'll come. Like I said, Vinny and I. That's all we're working on. We we bothered like so many people every day. But you know, this record is really good for me. I'm everywhere, so it's like, hey, hey, hello. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> you got Steve Hammer yes, behind you. You know, you got a you got a big label promoting you now, so that's got to feel good. Oh, dude. I mean, I, I have almost 200,000 hits on that video from frickin' 12 days ago. Oh, my God, it took Justine seven years. It, it's unbelievable to me. I can't. But, but you know, but then again, it should be. I should have this. It's okay. I worked my ass off for it, and I did, you know, I did it for all of you people that appreciate it. So that's what We Are the Chosen is about. We're the chosen, man. We're the underdogs. We live this life. Um, and I had this, you know, when, when we lost Ronnie, it was like in my own mind, I had to carry this on for him. I'm one of the chosen people. Like he said in the documentary, I'm a messenger. I'm here for all of you. We're the chosen. Oh my God. It's so intense. It's so great. It is. You know, I watched a doc, not a documentary. I went to the movies to go see when he came to the theater. There only six people in the whole theater, you know, three guys that were really? watching who dragged their wives out to go see the, <laughs> go see the documentary. I cried. I cried. Oh my God. So did I. It was so emotional seeing like him again. I fucking baby, dude. Oh. <sighs> It was unbelievable. And I went to a movie theater in San Francisco. I haven't been to the movies in ages. Mike. It was a place that they served your liquor. They brought it right to the seat. Yeah. I was bawling. Oh, my God. But wasn't it amazing? Yeah. It really was good. I was you know, glad to there see There was a lot in there that you don't know show. about. Yeah. And people, I mean, he was such a wonderful man, but I loved in his book, too. But they, he was a freaking boss. He, he was a wonderful man, but he demanded respect. You gave it and you were freaking out. I mean, I... Oh, my God, I miss him so much. Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't I wait for think, that, too. I always think, you know, I wish that he was here because he would always listen to my music and he would talk to me about it, you know. But, you know, he's gone right now, so he's, he's making somebody else happy. I'm just glad that the documentary came because I, I love the book, but I was so disappointed that it ended, like, in the 80s when everything was taken off, you know. I was like, oh, my God. Then it was like, oh, you got to see the documentary. It'll fill in the blanks, like, what happened. I mean, everybody knows the story, but you want to – it was so good. You, you wanna, go through it in, like, yeah, a day. Yeah. You want more. Oh, I think, I think Wendy's going to – oh, that's true, though. That was his writing, but I think there's going to be more. I, I think – I'm sure he has just bits and pieces of stuff. I'm sure he was continuing on with Magicka. She's probably gonna. She's gonna tease all of us for the rest of our lives. I hope Absolutely. she does. You know. I hope oh she yeah. Does. Yeah. Well, you know, being such a big Ronnie fan and knowing him personally, how did you feel about the hologram? I didn't like that. I wasn't a no, fan of that. No, disrespectful. I, I can't. I yeah. Can't. Yeah. And that's it's, what my, I said. My opinion doesn't matter, but I, I can remember talking to Scott Warren about it, and he said it was horrible to have to do that. No, 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 no. But hey, I guess other people get to enjoy his magic and stuff. But I, I would not support it. Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, that was one of my. Ronnie was the, one of the only people I never got to interview on the show out of all the out of all the oh, artists really? out there. 
And I had uh-huh. Rudy Sarzo on one day, and Rudy's like, yo, Ronnie just walked into the room. We're getting ready to rehearse because they were getting ready to record the next deal record. And Rudy Sarzo was on. He goes, you yeah, want yeah, to put, yeah. He's like, you want me to put Ronnie on? I'm like, nah, 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 it's okay. Like, I meant to, like, jokingly, like, you know? And he right, right, right. It, And he never put him on. Like, and then he died not long after. I was like, oh, my God. I just meant to, yeah. like, in a joking manner. Well, but we, we don't know. I know. I had a chance to go see him at uh, one of the music halls that he played in. I was like, shit, I'm just too tired. I'll just go see him next year. And then he was gone. Yeah. You never know. You never know. So what the, what's the moral of the story? You need to appreciate people, and even when you're tired, go let them know you appreciate them because we don't know, right? We don't know yeah. when they're going to leave the planet. Live for today. Hey, hey, what's going on with V? I mean, I know you were pretty tight with Veronica. I know after her husband passed away, she went completely off the radar. I haven't heard or seen I anything from her in a where she is. She disappeared. After, uh, I would say maybe like a year ago I reached out to her, and Veronica's crazier than I am. She's so bad. Yeah. Oh, call me at four, and then she's never there. Um, we never hooked up. We played phone tag for a day. Then she was on my Facebook because I had posted a couple of pictures of us when we were recording. Nothing. Um, and I have a, a, a person in California that talks to her once in a while, and he just said that she sent him a message sometime in the past six months that she's okay. I don't know. In pre-COVID, she had been talking about Benedictum getting back together. I think they were starting to – or maybe it was before she lost her husband. They were starting to rehearse. And that she's just dropped off. I don't know. I think about her all the time, but she doesn't answer me on Instagram or when I call anymore. Yeah, she disappeared from the radar. But I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're putting out new music. And Leather, I'm not going to keep you because I want to play a few more songs. We're going to wrap up tonight's show. I, mean, I always have Thank a you. great time talking with you. I know you got to concentrate on where everybody's going right now to see the shows, but I'm hoping that you can get a show going on here anywhere in the New York area, New Jersey, Connecticut. I would oh, be there in a heartbeat you to see it. you live. I know, and I and I will always let you know that when I'm coming, and I really appreciate it, Mike. Take care of yourself. Is this? I'm sorry. This what's what is this going to be? Is this a pre-record? What is this? Oh, what you've been I on doing? the air live this whole time. It's a live show. Okay, <laughs> I should have said that in the beginning, probably. I, before I called Hi, you up, I said, I said, I better let Leather know that we're on live because I keep forgetting to do that. Because in the old days, I could get you in private and say you're going on the air now. Right, I don't do right. that. Well, I said, wow. cool, <laughs> I cool. forgot. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you, New York City. I will come back to the Gramercy, if nothing else. But, God, thank you so much, you guys, for your uh, support of We Are the Chosen. Much appreciated, and I'll stay in touch with everyone. I love it. It's my pleasure. And have a, a very happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time here in New York. We'll talk soon. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Take care, Leather. Bye-bye. All right. Let's get on something off the brand new record. We already did Always Been Evil. Let's play a little Tyrants.
Chastain, fear no evil. What a great job on the leather record. If you haven't picked it up yet, go ahead and get yourself a copy of it. And I hope Leather does some shows here. Leather is a New York girl by heart. She's been out in California most of her life, but she's here right now. And if Rochester wasn't so far away, I'd drive up there and take her out for a beer. All right, you know, we did so much talking about Dio. I'm going to get some Dio on in a minute. But who do we have on next week? Oh, Maddox is on next week. I'm not sure if who, who, all the guys that are calling in. I believe Tony's one of them. I'm not sure who the other one is. Might be Austin. I'm not really sure. But a couple of the band members are going to be calling for Maddox. Heaven Heart Records just re-released that album, so we'll be talking to them. And after that, that's our next week is our last live show for 2023. Uh, we're going to be off the air for a couple of weeks because of the holidays. I have brand new shows lined up for the next two weeks. Uh, we have our Christmas special the Sunday after that, and our new hair special, our happy new hair special, the following Sunday. So we'll be back on, on January 8th with our first live show of the year. And I think maybe we'll do a recap of 2022. A lot of great records, another really good year for heavy metal. Some solid albums coming out, and 2023 is looking just as good, if not better. There's a lot of albums about to break, and I'm looking forward to the Ruthless record. And the Jack Panzer record. Jack Panzer just signed to Atomic Fire Records. I played a song by Jack Panzer last week, so I'm not going to do it this week. But I'm looking forward to that new record. I just picked up one of the band's new uh, shirts based on the hollowed album cover. I have to tell you, they should hire Mark Brody as the Postmaster General. Because when you buy something from Jack Panzer, you buy something directly through Mark. Mark has it out in the mail to you the next day. I mean, I bought the comic book on a Monday. It was sitting in my living room reading it on a Wednesday. I bought the shirt from Mark on a Friday. It came on a Monday. Nobody ships faster and better than Mark. So if you want something, go pick up a Jack Panzer shirt. I guarantee you'll have it. With the four. He's better than Amazon. You'll get it within two days. So the new Jack Panzer shirts do look great. I picked up one of them. I'm going to get another one this week. So, all right. Let's get back to the music. I got to use the little boys' room. So let's get on Dio. We rock. <laughs> Yeah. 
kind of flew under the radar when it came out. Late eight, uh, I'm sorry, late 90s, it was Moon Rock. It been featuring Sammy Avigal, Shmulek Avigal, for everybody who goes by that name. Sammy was a great guy. I had him on my show so many times. Love talking with him. He passed away two years ago, and it was a great loss to the music scene. Uh, this was a demo tape, like I said. It came out in uh, 98 or 99, I believe, called Mindless Creatures. It was just re-released by Classic Metal Records. They redid the whole album. Well, it was a demo tape back then. Now you get it as an album. What a great job, and it's so good hearing Sammy again, especially on some of those songs, and that was Helen Back. Right before that, Troying, with the reworked version of this song, Nightmare. The band's got a new record coming out next year. We'll have them on the show when that's getting ready to go. So I'm looking forward to that, too. It's been, God, probably 12 or 13 years since I've had Troying on the show. So definitely looking forward to talking to them and having them back on. All right, we're going to wrap things up here pretty soon, so we'll get on as much more music as we can. Last week, I wanted to play the new Icarus Witch because, uh, you know, we had Invid on last week, and if you know, one of the members of Invid is also the founder member of Icarus Witch. This is their brand new song, 10,000 Light Years From Home. 
Excalibur with Don't Say Goodbye right before that. Ozzy with You Said It All. One of my all-time favorite Ozzy songs. Another song that never made it to, I guess officially made it to an album. It was on the Mr. Crowley EP, but it was a live cut. It was never recorded, even though it was definitely done in the studio. It wasn't really live outside of the intro. Uh, but another great album. And Ozzy was always, in my opinion, the master of the B-sides. A lot of people say it's Iron Maiden, but Ozzy has some great ones back in the day on those 7-inch singles. And that was just one of them. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. I want to thank Leather Leone for being on tonight's show. I always love talking to Leather about when she gets to the area. She actually is in the area right now, but I hope she gets here with the band to play live in New York. It would be great to see her again. The last time I caught her was when she was guesting with Adoro on one of her shows with Veronica Freeman and a whole bunch of other great guests. But here you go. Let's close it out with some Sabre Tiger. Here's Fate. I'll see you guys next Sunday night. Take care.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that time of year again. Time to decide if you've been naughty or have you been nice. Of course, you've been nice. Since that's the answer, head to driveway.com now and upgrade your sleigh. When you buy from Driveway, there's no pressure or haggling. We offer our best price up front, online financing options, and a worry-free 7-day or 400-mile money-back guarantee. That's Driveway, an easy car buying experience that's delivered right to your, well, like the name says, Driveway. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.